Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and now your happy podcast host. And I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution creators of Fuse, the insurance marketing software that skyrockets retention, boosts policy per customer, and makes your clients love your agency without you having to hire more staff, programmers, or technologists. Hey, if you haven't done this lately, do yourself a favor, visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo and discover one, why it's award-winning software, two, why agents and brokers are raving about it today. Uh, and uh, gosh, I know you've never heard me say this before, but I'm really excited about this conversation. Uh, my guest, Joanna Paredes, I think, number one, I think she's just a remarkably delightful, intelligent, articulate person and a terrific spokesperson for an industry that's on the precipice, on the precipice of change, an industry that wants to get to the next level. And her story, I think it just tells the story of so many agencies who want to get to the next level and want to make a change, but realize that inside there is there's a legacy there's a resistance to that change and she shares her story artfully about how she has guided uh one of the if perhaps not the largest uh privately owned agency in texas how she guided them through a transformation which frankly is transformational so um well, gosh, I'll get out of the way and I'll, I'll let her tell that story. But first, I have a personal comment. So, um, if you will, allow me a couple of minutes. Uh, because uh, I want to share something with you because some of you did share tremendous kindness with me. Um, in the last week or two, I may have mentioned to you that my wife and I we're awaiting our COVID test results. Um, and I'd like to share with you a little bit about my experience. Uh, I don't pretend to be an expert about COVID. Uh, I know that there are over three and a half million people in our country with COVID. And, um, and a lot of our neighbors have passed away from COVID. Uh, I only know two people really deeply personally that have COVID or have had it. And I happen to be one. And um, the lady I've been desperately in love with for 43 years is the other one. Um, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something unusual here. Uh, for the most part, I don't talk much about myself in the podcast. What I attempt to bring to the podcast are what I think my strengths are, a fairly burning curiosity about life. Uh, a passion for the independent agency system, but I think as you've maybe figured out <laughs> my willingness to be critical of the performance of the independent agency system. 
Uh, my knowledge of this industry, I've been in it for 25, 30 years. I know what makes it work. I know what makes it tick. I know what consumers want. I know the technologies that, that can support it. Uh, I know the marketing that helps agencies grow, and I know the strategic decisions. So I, 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 I attempt to bring that knowledge to it and hopefully my intelligence to it. But I don't often talk about Michael Jans of... I, you know, in my in the 25, 30 years in the industry, I have lived my life largely on the public stage um, and, and often on stage. And I think to a large extent, my clients know who I am and what my values are. Um, but since I've sold Agency Revolution, uh, I've really just chosen to be uh, uh, quieter about myself. Uh, it suits my nature. I think my friends would tell you that I'm really quite happy as an introvert. I think my friends would tell you that I'm really largely devoted to the contemplative sides of my own life. And that where my wife and I have chosen to live here in the remote foothills of the Sonoran Desert next to three million acres of national forest, um, that, that we've created something of a, of a, of a remote bubble um, here in the foothills. And so, um, so I'm asking myself, what should I share with you about COVID? Well, um, number one, uh, I do, I plan to share my thoughts in writing and I will do that, um, in a personal essay on LinkedIn. It's not published yet. Uh, if you'd be kind enough and if you're curious, then visit my LinkedIn profile. Next time you're on your computer, maybe give me a day or two and I'll have a link to those thoughts. But there are probably a couple of things I should share uh, that will only take perhaps a moment or two. Um, one of them is that if COVID can invade my bubble, if COVID can invade my home, if COVID can invade my family, and if COVID can invade my wife, it can invade yours. Trust me, my bubble's better than yours is. I, 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 can, I, can, I can sit in my courtyard for a month and not see another human being except every Friday when Cecilio comes to clean my pool and probably about every day when an Amazon or an Instacart delivery person brings something necessary for the ongoing sustenance of life. And maybe that's how, maybe that's how we got violated maybe maybe it was one droplet from one delivery person that entered my system or Teresa's system and then we were off to the races uh the second thing maybe i should share with you is a little bit about perhaps what to expect um some experts say that it, it's not unlikely that 60 to 70 percent of us in america will suffer this disease before we get it under control so Let's talk a little bit about what to expect. Uh, on one hand, it's my understanding. I just heard that um, my uh, the kid up the hill, a kid kid who lives up the hill, who worked at the wine bar, was infected with COVID, and he had a stuffy nose for a day or two, and he lost his sense of taste for a day. Boom, over, everything's good, back to work. Now he's testing negative. Okay, so maybe, hey, it helps to be twenty three years old, and um, maybe it just helps to just be lucky. Uh, me, however, uh, not so lucky. Um, so I'll share with you a little bit, and I'll keep out some of the gory details. The aches and pains were soul-crushing. Um, the fatigue was cosmic and, and uh, enduring week after week. 
and the occasional random sharp pain that would appear uh, mysteriously in the body would land would land me on the floor uh, without warning. Um, but that was the easy stuff. Um, the hard part. And I'm committed to getting through the hard part because it's now taken me three takes, so bear with me. The hard part was watching Teresa's descent into some hell of human suffering with 13 days of straight fever, loss of 14 pounds, um, sleeping up to 20 hours a day. And there were a couple of days where I seriously had to consider dropping her off in front of the emergency room and telling her I love her with all my heart and saying goodbye and not knowing I wouldn't be able to go in with her, not knowing if she would get out. And if she got out, would she walk out or be wheeled out the front door or would she be wheeled out the back into one of the meat wagons in the morgue that was overflowing? The healthcare system in Arizona is busting at the seams. Uh, lucky for me, when I, was, when I was a young man, I was trained as an EMT, and I did a fairly serious stint in medical intensive care. I, I worked um, directly with terminally ill patients. Uh, I had plenty of patients die under my care, but this was one patient that I was, trust me, I was damn committed to making sure that wasn't going to happen. Uh, so share with you the good news so here we are a week later she's had no fever for a week she's getting her strength back uh i'm feeling really pretty good um and yes indeed there is a silver lining that if i don't know how else to put this uh use whatever metaphor works for you but if perhaps you get a glimpse into your maker's eyes or maybe holding hands with your most beloved person who's eyes well tell the whole story you might just uh you might just get the message that says um get your priorities straight dude i'm lucky uh in, in living so close to nature um it has a has a way of gently reminding you what's important it doesn't always work doesn't always it's not always enough sometimes the I don't know how else to put this, but the violent rearrangement that you get from what feels like infinite human misery. Well, maybe that maybe that gets the job done. So <clears throat> perhaps it worked for me, and I'm a pretty stubborn man. My best wish is that I hope it sticks. So in any case, for those of you who had an opportunity to perhaps reach out to me, whatever, I got messages on LinkedIn, I got... My clients who have my text number sent me texts. I got emails just asking, well, there's your answer. Um, it, it was hard, um, and it did its job, and I'm grateful to be alive, and I'm grateful to be talking to you today. So um, if you've had a kind thought, I appreciate that. If you can share a kind thought with somebody else, that means just as much to me. Um, so that said, as I said earlier, there are, uh, there are experts who think that perhaps 60 or 70% of us are going to get this disease before we figure out how to get it under control. If my words can help you, 
visit my profile in the next day or two. And uh, I'll share with you uh, perhaps my deeper thoughts about this. And uh, if they can be of some value, um, well, I hope that they are. So now that being said, <laughs> um, it's my absolute delight to uh, invite you to participate in this conversation with my good friend, Joanna Paredes. Joanna, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Michael. All righty. Well, I'm thrilled about the conversation. And in full disclosure to our listeners, Joanna, this isn't the first time you and I have had this conversation. Um, no. <laughs> so, so not only am I uh, having a conversation with one of the most articulate people in the insurance industry, and, and I can say that having, having had conversations with the acknowledged top thought leaders in this industry, but also one of the most patient people in the industry. Joanna and I recorded a similar conversation a week or two ago. And um, as is, um, oh, occasionally the case, technical problems and my producer said, got to do it over again. Um, but that said, People may as well know that every, every spontaneous, every conversation I have is spontaneous. Yes, occasionally I'll know the answer to a question, <laughs> but 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 uh, I'll I'll also uh, discover that every conversation has uh, a fresh insight. And um, trust me, this is a conversation you don't want to miss. I think it's uh, to some extent. I think it really represents Joanne. I'm I'm, I'm going to share my perspective on this. I think sure. I think what you've done really represents the solution to a problem that a lot of insurance agencies are experiencing right now, particularly if their growth, like your uh, agencies, is contingent upon producers who rightfully have, um, oh, uh, a, well, a possessiveness and a care for their book, and they want to make sure that the relationship with that book is as um, well it's not damaged uh, that it's authentic and and that it's genuine and so you've been you've been able to work through issues there that uh, well congratulations to you so I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna shut up and 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 become a questioner instead of just a preambler um, and so yeah this, this so the exciting part is your story really tells the story of I think a lot of what this industry is facing today so uh, Joanna, if you'd be kind enough, introduce yourself. Sure. sure. So uh, my name is Joanna Paredes, and I am the Quality Assurance Manager at Swingle Collins & Associates here in Dallas, Texas. We are uh, the largest privately owned insurance agency here in North Texas, and we really take pride in that uh, we are an independent agency, and we plan to retain to retain that, and we don't want to you know, sell out to any other larger agencies. Mm-hmm. And I've been here for about a year and a half uh, at Swingle Collins. I've been in insurance since 2011. And I think like most people, I ended up here purely by accident because my background is in forensic psychology. <laughs> so that's what I got my master's so, in. So insurance so marketing is, is exactly what you're suited for. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. You know, insurance marketing translated so well to... <laughs> Uh, death row inmates <laughs> uh, dealing with that but so that that was my background and it was just by happenstance my sister had a friend from college who said hey we need a claims person completely entry-level job and I said sure six months 
one year tops. Let me go do that, and then I'll go back to what I was doing. And well, now here we are, about almost ten years later, and I'm still doing the same thing. And and still but enjoying it, as I understand. I am. Right. I I very much enjoy it. The the thing with the beauty with insurance is, although maybe the verbiage doesn't change very much, it's there's always going to be something new, right? There's always going to be a claim no one knew about. There's going to be some sort of question and coverage. And I mean, as we see in 2020, now we're dealing with a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So always something new and exciting. And th- that's what I love. Okay. Uh, and so a decade in the industry, you are a CIC. You've earned your CIC. Yes, I've earned my CIC license. And, and a, I'm a licensed adjuster. Licensed adjuster. And as I recall, you are an industry award winner. I won the Power Broker Award in 2016 from Risk and Insurance Magazine. Okay. For Marine. Uh, all right. So outstanding. So thank you. Uh, so you're uh, a quality assurance manager, and that's kind of an interesting place to start because the, uh, typically uh, I, well, frankly, I can't think that in all of the podcasts that I've recorded over the last three and a half years, I've never interviewed a quality assurance manager. So tell us a little bit about what you do. So when I started at Swingle Collins, they had told me, you know, they first asked, do you want to be a producer? And I said, I'm not great with sales. That's that's not my my great thing. And they said, okay, what are you really good at? And I said, well, processes. That's kind of my bread and butter. That's how my mind works. And so they said, well, that's wonderful because we have none and we want to grow. So how do we do that? And, mm-hmm. you know, I came in and so there wasn't really quite a structure to my job when I initially joined, but it was you know, kind of take it in and, and, you know, what do you see? What do you think we can improve upon? So the greatest need that they had when I was first hired was on our personal line side. We had a number of employees who were out on maternity leave, um, and some of those women were not coming back, which was fine, but it was, okay, there's a serious gap that we have um, for our staff. So I said, let me help and fill in. And so I just started by sitting at people's desks Mm -hmm. and just observing what they did during their day. Right. And the more I watched, I said, oh, well, you're touching something 17 times. Why? <laughs> oh, well, this is the way that I've done it my, uh, my entire career. And uh, we had, you know, our personal lines, we have people who have been there over 30 years, some of the most brilliant minds that I've ever met when it comes to insurance. I mean, they know policies inside and out. They know carriers. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, there are easier ways to do this. Did you know that you could do this in our agency management system? We could use this program to streamline this. And it was almost a, well, that kind of seems ridiculous, but this has been working well, so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Oh. So that's where it really <laughs> all started. Is, uh, well, uh, so okay. so let me let me ask you a question, and I'm not, I don't want Swingle Collins' dirty laundry out there. I mean, <laughs> but frankly, you, you, you guys are obviously doing something really well. Um, did, did, did you, when you suggested streamlining systems, pre-marketing, I'm not even talking about marketing communications, yep. <clears throat> was there uh, some resistance to changing behavior? Yes. Okay. And I think resistance is always expected when there's mm-hmm. any sort of change, especially mm-hmm. in insurance. And, and, uh, and were some of the observations you made that technology was not being efficiently or properly or fully used? Technology and then also just the corporate memory or the training, streamlining training of, okay, you have one workflow, you have another workflow, and you have a third workflow. All of them get you to the same spot, Mm -hmm. but it was almost, all three are right, but if you actually combine them, we could make this much shorter. And and, and did so you that, that's what we were finding. Did, did you discover that let's say if you had for example 
three people with similar positions, let's say three high net worth personal lines producers, that they may actually have three very different approaches to achieving the same goal? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, renewals process is <laughs> probably our biggest mm-hmm. uh, workflow where you had our more seasoned producers who had started in the industry. Um, you know, they, Our personal lines department is really only just over 10 years old. And you can see the producers who started when our department first started, is, it was kind of a sink-or-swim situation, and they did an amazing job of building up the clientele and the department that we have. But then, naturally, as that book grows, you can't have the individualized uh, contact that you have with every client. I mean, we have some producers that have 700 clients. How do you physically see or call each of them to where they feel wanted so one of the yeah like jeepers creepers i have a really deep relationship (laughs) with 700 people okay (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and so that's where you started to see okay they're going to maintain this book and maintain new business we were seeing a couple things either you're gaining a lot of new business but you're hemorrhaging it on the back end or i don't want to lose any business so you have no capacity uh, for, to, for growth, to go after new. Okay, right. So, 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 uh, um, it, it seems that that's that's one of the tragedies of, of the industry as it is right now. Is is that when somebody is <clears throat> um, well seasoned, well practiced, has has performed uh, certain activities for let's say maybe a decade, um, and they're at the at the at the peak of their performance because they're a virtuoso, they're now really too busy. Their book is too full f- for them to be able to to really exercise that skill. Correct. Right. I mean, I I I I, I think. Long time ago, I used to teach a concept called the tragedy of personal genius, right? Which is <laughs> when you get to the point where you're really, really good, and your book is so big that you can't that, that you're either hemorrhaging on the back end or you're protecting the back end and you're not growing on the front end, and and producers top out. Correct. Was that uh, one of the was that a frustration that you ran into in your interviews with the producers? I did, and there was even almost a question where actually someone had brought up. Do you cap? Is there a cap? Is there a cap? Be a pers- is there gonna, if you're a personal lines producer, that if your book reaches a certain size, that that's it. You can't grow anymore. And I looked at them and I said, absolutely not. I don't think so at all. I said, if, if that's the route that we're going to take, we're sincerely selling ourselves short. And, and the think, only response for the principal is, is to hire more soldiers. Correct. Well, it was, right. okay, well, we need to hire more people. Wh- which you, which you did, right? So uh, historically, right, you guys added producers last I mean, year. And we are we are growing. We've added producers. We've also uh, hired more for our agency team, account managers, assistant account managers. So we've hired, since I joined in December of 2018, we've hired over 25 people. And we are actually still Goodness. continuing to hire, and we are you know, looking to actually grow a personal lines department right now because – even in 2020, as weird of a year as it is, we're doing so well <clears throat> that our book is growing that we need, and, you know, we need more mm-hmm. account managers, we need more assistant account managers. Okay, got it. All right. So instead of just hire, instead of just hiring more producers and giving them an empty bag and saying, go fill this bag up until it's full, and then, gosh, and, you know, I'm sorry, it's full. I think that your observation has been that, no, you, um, you can have a bigger bag and you can have systems that helped you support that bag, right? It's not, you don't have to top out. That's correct. And so I said, rather than us just throw bodies at the problem, let's really reassess 
from the very beginning of you know an entire client's life cycle of what does that look like and so so that I could better understand I just sat down with producers and I said okay walk me through you've got a prospect how do you go after them what are the discussions that you have okay when you go in for bind what does that process look like and we kind of just map that out because it all looks just like a timeline and then it almost becomes a cyclical timeline because then at renewal these are the process and then mm -hmm. you go through the renewal the mm -hmm. policies are in place and you do the same thing year in and year out so it's okay well what are some of these things oh some of these things are just purely back office either data entry okay well that ha there has to be an easier way to do this oh you're entering it in into the agency management system and then you're entering it in to a word document and then you're entering it in to an email why are you typing the exact same thing <laughs> three different ways so well well you know you know the you already gave the answer because i've always done it this way <laughs> i've always done it this way this is how it always was and and i get it i mean i remember the days where my dad would sit there with endless amounts of carbon paper and rewrite things 15 different times. <laughs> That's just what you did. Uh -huh. And so I said, well, okay, let's, let's look at the most basic thing first, our agency management system, and we're on the applied EPIC system, which you know, m majority of agencies are. There's a lot of really good uh, tools that they have. So, all right, well, let's figure out what to do. So I said, okay, well, you know, every time you guys create your proposal or your renewal, you know that you can pull all this information. Oh, yeah, well, it doesn't really work, so it only works for some lines. <laughs> and I said, well, has anyone fixed it? Well, there wasn't really any, there was no time, right? Because the agency <laughs> was focusing on growing. So they never, it was something we need to get to, but something we haven't, can't be able to. Mm -hmm. But they were realizing as we grow, okay, maybe this is something we need to have just one person dedicated to. That's all that you do. And so that's really more my position really evolved so i said okay great on commercial lines you guys are entering in all of this information hey did you know that you can import schedules so you're not typing in one vehicle <laughs> at a time so that right there was a huge saver and then it was all right let's re uh, recode the commercial lines uh their proposal and their mm. renewal proposal yeah okay great so once you type it in, so then that right there okay that saves you an hour of your day all right, well, then within a week, you've got five extra hours to cold call, you know, reach out right to on. Yep. You know, old clients and things like that. So it was just those small building blocks of let's just start small, and then as things grow and as things grow, <laughs> we can get to be more automated, and that's how we ended up with Agency Revolution. Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so we're off to the races. So, so you had a notion that that technology, that marketing communications technology could do something for you. What, what was your idea? Our whole idea was how can we make the onboarding process easier and how we can make the renewal process easier. You're essentially sending the same information, the same greeting email of, you know, welcome to Single Collins, here's your auto ID cards, or hey, your renewal's coming up in 90 days, let me review and then let's, you know, have a quick chat. So rather than writing the email 90 times over, I said, okay, there has to be an easier way. I know that they have all sorts of marketing platforms out there where they can take your information and create the email for you. So that was one thing. And then the second thing was I was finding producers were having a hard time managing renewals because they were actually manually plotting out when they needed to contact their clients in their calendar. You know, we issue their uh, expiration report. They mm -hmm. get it 120 or 90 days out, depending mm -hmm. on their preference. Right. But okay, 90 days out, so if you've got 100 clients, are you now going to write out, okay, well, on this day, I'll call Joe Smith. On this day, I'll call Rachel. 
on this day. And so you would just see these Outlook calendars. And, I mean, it was trying to keep wow. you know, all of these plates spinning in the air. So there has to be an easier way. So we looked at different and and, and and naturally, when, when every time they make that call, they <clears throat> they always reach the person, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, I I, so, I know I know what those Outlook calendars can look like. All right, yeah, I, right? I, I mean, because <clears throat> at some point in time, if you have ten notifications just popping up every day, you just dismiss them or snooze them. You're not even looking at them anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's information and, overload. <laughs> and so. We started to look at Fuse, and it. I said, I think this is going to be the answer that we need, just to at least get us our start. And so everyone was excited about it. We made a presentation to the board and the shareholders. They said, yes, okay, let's do it. I said, great, we got it, we've onboarded it, who's in? And I got crickets. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I saw a I'm in, I'm in, you go first. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It said, I think this is a great idea, but... I mean, I, I, I think we should let some of the younger producers uh, take a step <laughs> on it, right? And it was everyone kind of pushing each other to, closer to the edge of the pool of, you know, who's going to fall in first. And luckily, I was able to uh, get through to one of our personal lines producers. She was, she's not new to insurance, but she was new to single call-ins. And she had been here just under two years, and she, her book has been just growing and growing and growing. And she said, I need help. Fair enough. If this can help me, I uh-huh. So I said, okay. So I sat down with her. We mapped out our process. We kind of figured out the dates. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to show you exactly what I'm doing so that you are fully comfortable. Because, And you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that our producers are very protective over their book. And they are. I mean, They should they be. They take great pride. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And incredibly protective. And they want to preserve that relationship and make sure that none of their clients ever feel like they're being offloaded to a third party or anything like that. So <clears> I said, I want to make sure you're fully comfortable with what our process is and how we're going to use this to manage your book. She said, great. So I told her the key to this is I can't write any of this verbiage for you. All of the emails will have to come from you because it's your voice. They're going to know if it's coming from me because they're like, hey, I'm, I'm used to seeing like 10 exclamation points. <laughs> and that's just how she writes. Okay. It's, you know, it's you have to preserve that tone of voice and keep that person, um, you know, that personalization there. So she wrote her onboarding emails, she wrote her renewal emails, and I showed her, okay, here's how we kind of plug it into the system. Here's how I ran the filters so that I'm pulling your active book, and you know, so here's how everything gets calculated out. And then I showed her, here's the the double check. Uh, outbox that we have where before anything gets sent out, I can actually go through each email just to make sure. And I really sat her down through the whole process and she watched everything. And I said, you ready to launch? And she said, let's do it. So we did. And immediately she started getting responses of, oh, hey, thanks for reaching out. Just, I mean, very simple. Hey, thanks for thinking of me. You know, happy to either be at Swingle or if it was for renewal, it was, yes, I would love to talk about you know, uh, my uh, new house that I just bought, or, hey, I forgot to tell you I bought a car last week. Ah, yeah, a little, the, the pesky little details of insurance. <laughs> uh, so so I just want to put this in perspective. So um, she wrote an e- email, and uh, and presumably now that email goes to not one person at a time, but hit a button, then it goes to everybody to whom it's appropriate at that point in time, right? Correct. Okay, got it. And... So I just kind of checked in on her, and I said, mm-hmm. well, how are things going? She said, things are actually going pretty well. 
And I said, okay, great. Do you mind telling your friends? <laughs> because I knew that yeah. I could stand in front of our producers all day long and tout that this was going to help them so much, but I don't do what they do day in and day so, out. So, so did you did you parade her in front of a staff meeting? I kind of did. Okay. <laughs> we have a, a weekly Monday morning meeting, and it's, it's a sales meeting, and it's great. It, you know, it's collaborative. It gets everyone really pumped <clears> up for, for the week. And she said, hey, let me tell you about what we're doing with Fuse, and here's how it's helping me. And as I fully expected, most people kind of tuned her out and said, yeah, okay, like, we'll see how that actually works. But a few people heard her and said, okay, well, I'm kind of interested. So we started rolling it out more and more. And I guess really, really long story short, now our entire personal lines team, all of our producers are fully um, on that automated process where what we actually use it is as like a virtual assistant. So Mm -hmm. we've got it set up to where the emails are still going through the producer or through the account manager so that they can make tweaks and customizations because, as we know, you know, with high net worth, <clears throat> it's, it's not straightforward and right. as simple as maybe your middle market. So the mm-hmm. emails pop into their inbox the days that it's supposed to be sent or within mm-hmm. that week. Right. They can attach, they can tweak whatever they need to, and then they can send it out. So there's no more managing hundreds of entries in their outlook of, oh, gosh, okay, did, did we tackle this one? Okay, is it this person? And, you know, there have been changes. As people started to work through the system, I checked in. I said, how are things going? And people said, you know, I actually want to tweak my verbiage a little bit. Uh-huh. Or, hey, can I, I yeah. tweak how, how far my renewal stuff is going? I said, absolutely. I said, this is a complete work in progress. This is going to be constantly change and morph based on what your needs and what your clients' needs are. And I think that's also a big key is you have to remain flexible. You can't put something in place and say, all right, here it is. That's it. It's final. It's all right, this is great. Let's revisit it a month. Let's check in. Let's check in on a regular basis. Right is, if everything's still working, great. If it's not, what do we need to change? Okay, so l- let, me, uh, let me let me see if I've got this right. Number one, uh, they can write their own copy, right? Mm-hmm. A- and it's uh, and that copy is personal to them, right? So no other Correct. producer. Okay, number two, um, for example, let's say they show up at their computer and they see, you know, maybe there, let's say there are 15 people that are about to get a communication. It stops in their, I'll call it their outbox. It stops mm-hmm. there. They get to review it. They might see there's a note that's going to Frank and Frank's a high net worth personal lines client. They may want to add something personal to that. And then boom, when they review them, click, then they go out. So that. That's that step of it stopping in their outbox um, and, and allowing them to review it, edit it, change it, and approve it. Boom! It, it must give them confidence. Correct, because was, it gives them still that sense of control, but alleviating the waste of time of them. All right, I got to write this email. Okay, what are their policy numbers? Okay, what carriers are are in there? Because the beauty with Fuse is we'll automatically put in. Here's your. Here are all of your policies. Here's when they expire. Here are your policy numbers. So there's no more double entry. It's already there because it's already in our system, but they still have that sense of control because I get to review it first, and then I get to dictate when it's sent out. So I'll, tell, tell, out I'll tell you a funny little story. After our last conversation, I spoke with Luke, who is the chief product engineer for Fuse, and I said, Luke, that, that outbox thing is like, really a cool solution he says yeah we've had that for like over two years i said dude i like sold the company like three years ago so you know <laughs> and i I always thought like well he yeah right keep telling me it's like I, I knew that that was an idea that was a concept that was on the roadmap but apparently it actually does the job oh absolutely it's 
It's wonderful. Okay. It, it actually was the selling point for us to get fused. To get to and to give the producers the confidence that they're in control of the communications. Absolutely. Got it. Now you because have, they you, well they had asked me they said well how do I know that you're sending know. it to the right person? I know. I, said, well, I, I know. No, I try. <laughs> I, I get it. I get. No, I, I. I think. Uh, I think one. I think they're wise to be super protective of their book. And uh, two, I think you solved a huge problem for them. So uh, I wanted to ask you a, a related question. So now you've got all the high net worth personal lines um, producers on the system. What about the commercial lines producers? Are they moving over there as well? Correct. So that we are slowly but surely starting to roll that out. What we're doing right now on the commercial line side, because when we're also growing with a lot of newer producers that are coming in either straight out of college or you know, only mm. a few years in sales of, okay, we really need to figure out and map out what our process is. So we're in the middle of, prop, of mapping out what our new business process is, what our renewal process is. We've got all of our dates kind of mapped out. Um, so our producers are going to be start, starting to use that soon. But right now, Commercial Lines, what they're using it for is we have a new producer every single month, writes mm -hmm. an article. So actually today, mm -hmm. We went live. We had a new article on executive liabilities in the era of COVID. Right. It's a hot topic. Everyone wants to know how yeah. their business is going to be affected. So mm -hmm. one of our commercial lines producers authored the article, so we've got it posted on our website, but we were able to send it out to all of his clients mm -hmm. via Fuse. And that's what we do on a monthly basis is we pick an author and a new topic. And do, the, do, the, do the other producers, do they share in that article? Do they also share they that? They do. Yeah, okay. So we, I also, right after I got an email from him, I got an email from a shareholder that said, hey, I want to be included on this. I needed you to send it out to my book. So actually, I pressed send about two minutes before you called. So right before you called, we sent out 297 emails, mm -hmm. and it took me maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So I want to circle back to something you said a moment ago that you, you're bringing in young producers out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is an important question because of the the state of the industry and the changing nature of our demographic and the um, you know the, uh, the the emergence of the millennials as, as a you know legitimate part of the of of, of the, the business workforce. yeah of the workforce. Uh, do, do you find that um, when they look at a contemporary technology like this that it that there, there's not the resistance there is. Uh, an acceptance or an embracing of it? There is very much so. I mean, they, I, I, I am an old millennial, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and so, you know, when I look at technology, I don't look at it as an enemy, but more of, hey, this is something that can make my life a lot easier. And I think that's just so ingrained, especially in the younger generation. I mean, I remember when we first got a computer, even at our house or in our classroom, and these are kids that a computer's always been there. They, right? they, 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 they don't know when they first got a computer. Exactly. There was no time it, it was, prior. It was, it was in the family <laughs> already. It was in, it was <laughs> in the family was before you were. Okay. Oh. You know, so so, so it, um, it, it seems to me that for, you know, one of the big problems that the industry is facing is talent acquisition, right? And mm -hmm. so it, it would strike me, and it always has, that if a, if, a, if a millennial comes into an agency and it feels like a 1995 old school agency... <laughs> That they're really, you know, like, and, and, and that they 
desperately can't wait to get home so that they can start touching contemporary technology, right? Th that, that they may really be kind of rethinking the quality of their, their employment decision. But, but if you can offer them a, a modern workplace with modern tools that simplifies their life and, and frankly does it with an interface that's really fairly delightful, um, that, that, that you can attract and retain really good people. 110% agree. I mean, if okay. you think about, okay, what are the different places that are hiring? I mean, living here in Dallas, we have all these amazing buildings sure. fitted with crazy amenities, nap pods, you know, <laughs> snack bars and all these. I mean, it's like Google. Um, do I ever think the insurance, that my insurance office is ever going to have nap pods? Probably not. And that is completely fine. Fair enough. But, you know, insurance is not an industry that's supposed to be, ooh, that's exciting, advertising or marketing or, you know, sports entertainment. Those are kind of the new, the cool, flashy things to do. And insurance, you're like, yeah, I mean, my dad was an insurance agent, right? Those are kind of, that's the, the things that you hear. And anytime I go to a CE class or even go to a conference and I'm kind of looking around, I'm one of the youngest people there and I'm well into my 30s. Right. And I'm like, I mean, there's a lot of growth here. Everyone is always going to need insurance. This is an industry that is never going to die, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's only growing. Mm -hmm. and it, this is a this is the time to get in. I mean, half, we're about to lose half of our workforce in the next five years because they're all retiring. There's going to be such a need, and there's there's room to move. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Better solve that problem. Better find some millennials and have an <laughs> well have an agency that's worthy of their attention. Absolutely. Because so you're, you're, we you're, 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 we're not competing against the agency down the street. We're competing against industries that actually know what they're doing. Oh, correct. And and I think one of the insurance industry is one of the most collaborative industries I've ever been in. I, I mean, it's really wonderful that, you know, I can call up another agency and say, how are you? How are you guys doing things over there? And it's collaborative. I mean, we're not trying to be competitors. Sure, we might be competitors in some markets, but everyone is looking out for each other because they know that what helps you is ultimately going to help me and yeah. we need younger people and more people to join. So that's what we're trying to do. So using technology, but still teaching that old school, <clears throat> you can never replace a face-to-face -face meeting. You can never replace a phone call with an email or a text message. And that human interaction is something that's so, I think, to the core of what insurance is. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, traditionally insurance was, you brought over your insurance guy for dinner. He knew everything about your life. You for <laughs> Sundays, all those things. That's, that's so 700 good. dinners. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? But and you start to get away from that because just that's just kind of how our world is right yeah. now. But mm -hmm. I think what's mm -hmm. also, if I get philosophical, what the pandemic has also showed us is even right. though we're all kind of separated and isolated from each other, we have the beauty of technology to connect through Zoom, connect through Teams, Slack, whatever it is. And so it shows that you can still keep that human interaction. And that is what I think is so important because with insurance, we are, you know, we are put in charge of what people care about the most, whether it be their businesses or their families. And so people look to us that, you know, if something happens, I need you to help me and guide me through a tornado, a fire, a loss, whatever that may be, I right. mean, restaurants that are now collapsing. And we can be there for that person. Now, can you be there for 700 people all at once? No. So you have to be able to find that balance. Right, right. But you can, but you can be present as a positive uh, presence in their lives throughout the year. Completely. 
completely agree. Using contemporary technologies and then reserve those, um, you know, those special times when they're absolutely needed where there's a conversation like you and I are having. Correct. Okay. Exactly. All right. So, so, so again, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to reveal, you know, proprietary, you know, the, 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 the data and the stats from Swingle Collins, um, but Luke, Luke did share some of them with me, and they're really pretty impressive. And I don't want to imply that like this one action is responsible for the, the really the fairly remarkable success you've had with this in the last year. But 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 how, how would you characterize it? What what do I mean? I know retention is up, and policy per customer uh, count is up. How how would you characterize it? What are producers saying? What are customers saying? You know, in a time where things are really uncertain, I will say we're incredibly fortunate that not only are we growing, sure, on paper, you know, like you said, retention up, policy is up, but just that extra amount of customer care and customer service is really going a long way right now. One of the things that we did, you know, when COVID hit, everyone shut down is a lot of our carriers were issuing refunds for mm. their home insurance and right. auto insurance. Mm-hmm. They were, our, our clients were going to get emails from from their carriers, right? I, I yeah, got an email from right. travelers letting me know I was getting 50% back. Great. But what we did is, even though they're going to get that from <clears> the carriers, let's go ahead and send them a message anyways. And so all of our personal lines uh, producers mm-hmm. sent an email to each one of their clients. So that was, I, I set up <laughs> over 70 different campaigns. Wow. So I actually kind of lost count how many mm-hmm. clients we actually spoke to, right. but let them know, hey, you're going to be receiving this money as a refund or as a credit to your <gasps> account. And yeah. so many people came back saying, wow, that's great. That's like a week of groceries. Or, hey, thanks for reaching out. It's really good to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also had one person say, I know this is a mass email, but I'm glad that you thought of me. You know, and <laughs> it's just one of those things where just that small personal touch, that connection can go a really long way. And that's what I think it makes it so special also about working at single Collins is the whole culture of our company as well is that that personal communication uh, connection can never be lost that's what you really need to preserve yeah yeah same thing with our carriers that we don't exist without our underwriters so you really have to foster that relationship and so in a time where it's so easy to spread yourself thin you really kind of need to take a step back and figure out okay what are things that I can prioritize? Okay, this stuff I can automate so that you can create capacity and focus on what's really important, which is, you know, giving your client a call and making sure their restaurant's still doing okay. And so the, the positive feedback that we've received from that has been really incredible to hear, and our producers are happy. They're now able to focus on new business. And I will mm-hmm. say that uh, that producer who was my first person at Fuse, right? she has had an amazing amount of growth this year <laughs> and okay. is – been one of our most successful producers so it's been really great to also watch her grow as she's done this over the past year so it's been great all right um well joanna uh i am so appreciative of you sharing your story um let me just ask you one last question if if i could give you a little bit of a soapbox (laughs) and and an opportunity to like say something like to to deliver a message to an industry that now that you have gotten to know pretty well 10 years um have uh but also have some breadth of uh and objectivity i think um on on your experience and how the industry is doing um if you could deliver a message to the to the principals who run this industry what would you want to say to them keep your ears open and be open to change and i know that's really hard and it may sound really cliche but i promise there's a lot of people out there with really really great ideas that can bring your agency 
to a next level. And so if you just remain open and keep that collaborative nature just in your agency, I think you can do nothing is truly impossible. Very good. Um, well, the last thing I want to do is is send a bunch of people to you, you know, with phone calls or whatever. But if somebody did want to reach out to with with a question for you, what what what, what do you? <laughs> email is okay. the best way. All right, I sure check enough. my email religiously. <laughs> okay. So my my email address is J P A R E D E S J Paredes at swinglecollins.com. All right, uh, Joanna, um, as it was last time, and perhaps again in the future, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.